I know Jesus spoke in parables, all his parables were true. And he spoke with power. And I think as preachers, we learn from Jesus because he interjected his preaching all the way with stories. Don't you love stories? This is a story, a parable. It's not a true one, but there's a man. He falls off a cliff. We don't know how he falls off the cliff, but he falls off the cliff. But as he's halfway down, he manages somehow to grab hold of a tree that's sticking out from the side of the cliff with one hand. And he's holding on with one hand and he says, Lord, if you're up there, I promise I'll have faith. Save me. The Lord looks down at him and says, let go. Well, let go, let go. And he's holding on to the branch tightly and he, he thinks for a moment and then he cries out again, is there anyone else up there? <laughs> and too often, that's how we look at faith. We're not used to faith in Western culture. We're not used to exercising it. We're not used to relying on it. Faith has not been a part of the Christian walk in the Western culture for a long time because as I said when we started out, we have everything we need. And so faith is not exercised and when faith is not exercised, it's not strong. I've been swimming in the pool since May. You know, I'm talking about this guy Dean, our piano player. Where is he? Here somewhere? He's up there for his boy. You remember we used to go and do those workouts, man, at college? Dean used to do it to impress the girls. I used to do it because I wanted to be fit. <laughs> We'd go in and we do all these different exercises, you know, and I was always good on the lats and I was always good on the leg exercises. Dean is particularly good in those days. He, he probably can't lift anything now, but in those days, he was good on the bench press. What, what do they call those muscles across there? Pecs. Yeah. And we do these workouts. You know, I was never good on the bench press. Could never be, I don't know why, just could not bench press much. I started swimming in May, and I'm talking about exercise and exercise in your faith. I started swimming in May. I've been swimming May, June, July, August, September, six months. I went to the gym the other day. I'm 52 years of age. When I'm working out with Dean, I think we were in our 20s, early 20s, early to mid-20s. So we're at a peak of condition. Never could we be stronger. But I've been swimming. Now guess what swimming exercises? Your pecs. And so I'm in there with Andrew and we're filming a blog. Do you remember? And I wonder how I'm going on the bench press. I bench pressed at 52 years of age more than I'd ever bench pressed that day while we were doing our blog in the gym. Can you believe it? And do you know Why? Because I've been swimming, exercise, and all of a sudden I'm strong in a muscle that I never was. Now, you look at me and you say, well, that can't be true. Well, it is true. <laughs> and faith is like that. And where we're going, we're going to need it. I want to look at this story that we had as a scripture reading. Because I think it's a fantastic story on faith. Let's look at it. Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Then Jesus left Galilee... He went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. 
A Gentile woman who lived there came pleading to him, Have mercy, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. She's a Gentile woman. She's not a Jew. She's the low of the low. Some would call, the Jews would call her the scum of the earth. She comes to Jesus with a daughter who is demon possessed. And if you've seen a demon possessed person, I have. It's a serious thing. No one could heal her. No one could fix this daughter. And so this Gentile woman, she's not a church member. She's not a Jew. She's not in the in group, but she comes to Jesus. And I want to tell you right from the beginning in this story, she is exercising her faith. She's exercising her faith. She brings her daughter to Jesus. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. She recognises who he is. You are the Lord. She's got faith. She knows she's coming to God. She's coming to the Messiah. She's got faith. Now, um, in Africa, where you guys are from, there's an animal called an impala. Do you know what impalas are? I've seen them. Do you know what impalas do? They, someone said meat. My goodness. Oh, leap. I thought you said meat. I'm saying we're vegetarians here. Do they eat impala? Or well, lions do. I know that. They leap. They, they can leap, uh, well, according to my figures, to a height of 10 feet, two, three metres high. Did you know that? They leap. But if you go to the zoo, and you look at the impala enclosure. Now these, remember, these animals can leap 10 feet, two, three metres in the air. And if they're on the run, they can go 10 metres that. So they, they leap up and 10 metres this way. That, these, these guys can leap. But if you go to the zoo, they're behind a three foot, one metre fence. You go, what's going on here? These things leap. They'd be able to jump out. Well, no. A little known fact is that impalas will not jump if they cannot see where they're going to land. And too many of us who are Christians will not jump for the Lord. I see it over and over in the lives of Christians. I see it in my own life. Because of the culture, because of the way we've been brought up, we're conservative, we're, we're brought up, we're educated not to do something unless it's planned and all the way. We will not jump unless we can see our feet where we're going to land. And it's a disaster for the cause of God. We need to learn to be a people of faith. This woman jumped she didn't know how this was going to end up. But she jumped. She looked at Jesus. I will bet on you, Lord. And she brings her daughter to him. I think even the church struggles in Australia and in the West because it won't jump. I sit on committees. I've sat on committees right through to the South Pacific Division. Conference, union, and division committees. And we are adverse to doing anything unless we can see the road ahead, unless we can finance it, and unless we can see the final outcome. 
And I've got to tell you, one of the things that warms me most about New Hope is when we started this church, we had nothing. We had no idea how the Lord would lead, but praise the Lord, Andrew, Claire, and you with us, we jumped. Hallelujah. We jumped. And God always, always, always blesses those who will jump. Verse 23, Jesus gave her, this is a strange story. Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. And his disciples are watching this. They're watching this woman with a, with a demon-possessed daughter. I don't know what she would have looked like. The daughter frothing at the mouth, writhing. I don't know. And they're watching this. And, and they know her. she's a Gentile. I, I don't know whether it's the way she's dressed or the way she talks or where, where she's from. But they, they know she's a Gentile. And, and, and this woman comes to the Lord for help. And it seems that he ignores her. And the disciples go, yeah, yeah, right. Of course he's ignoring her. She's a Gentile. She's the scum of the earth. Of course Jesus doesn't want anything to do with her. Look, don't ever listen to that story. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. It doesn't matter what you've done, how ashamed you are of your life. You come to Jesus, you're going to respond. But initially here, there's no response. And the disciples say, tell her to go away. She is bothering us with all her begging. You can never bother the Lord with your begging. If you've got to beg, beg away. But sometimes when it comes to our faith and our walk and our experience with Jesus, it seems like he's not listening. He doesn't care. Remember a story of my dad. He's down on a farm. I'm from a farm. I was born on a farm. A dairy farm that later became a beef farm. That, that's something, isn't it? Vegetarian Adventist with a beef farm. Well, that's how it was. The Lord called him to become a pastor. He was resisting it. They had two farms. They had thriving business. They'd worked hard. We'd been poor. But they'd been working their way out and were becoming very successful. My dad had a brand new, I don't know what's wrong with him, but he was driving a, a Holden V8. Can you think of anything worse? He did switch to Ford a little later, but it was a bad, they were dark days too, you know. <laughs> but the, the thing is, life was going good. And, and, but the Lord was on him to become a pastor. His dad passes away. His dad wanted to see him. His dying breath, give me Keith. Keith rushed, never made it across. I think Grandpa was probably saying, Keith, you have to respond to the call. So one night... He goes outside, looks up into the stars, dark night, and he says, Lord, I'm feeling this call. And if you've got the call to be a pastor or to do something, and, and you know, I know what it's like, it's heavy. You can't do anything else and keep your relationship with the Lord. If he calls you to something, just read the story of Jonah. Looks up into the sky and says, Lord, if you, if you want me to be a pastor, let me see a shooting star fly through the sky. What do you think happened? From one end of the sky to the other, a shooting star flashes across the sky. Where do you think my dad was next year? He's at Avondale College doing ministry. Now, does that sort of thing build your faith? But that's not the experience this woman had. She comes to the Lord. She's asking him to heal her demon-possessed child. And it seems that he ignores her. And I know the feeling myself. So here I am, a young man at college. I'm not walking with the Lord as I should. 
doing things outside of an experience with God, but he's calling me. I'm doing education. He's calling me to ministry. So finally I thought, well, I'll follow and do what my dad did. I remember this. I was 24 years old. I opened the curtains of my room. I could see the sky. So I said, exactly as my dad did, Lord, if you want me to be a pastor, show me a shooting star. What do you think happened? Nothing. Nothing. How come it works for my dad, not for me? And so sometimes we hear these great stories of faith, that God doing these miraculous, wonderful things for people, but for me, there's not a word. Do you know what I'm talking about? Huh? Have you had that experience? That's what's happening to this woman. She's not even getting a word from the Lord. But let's see the rest of the story. This is a beauty. Then Jesus said to the woman, so finally he answers her, how would you feel if you're the woman and you get this answer? Jesus says to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. What an answer. What's Jesus doing here? I'll tell you what he's doing. He's exercising her faith. That's what he's doing. And he's doing the same to you sometimes. He's exercising your faith. It's, life is not working out how you want. Things aren't going down well at work. My mar- well, my marriage is going real good, babe. I'm using this as, a, I'm using this as an example. My marriage is not going good or, or, or my car keeps breaking down or, or I ask the Lord to do all these things for me and he doesn't do anything for me. But look what he's doing for that pastor there at New Hope and that church, blessing them. How come I'm not getting a blessing? Have you ever felt like that? Have you? My faith has not been answered. God's exercising you hallelujah you hear me he's exercising you exercise can be painful ask me when I get in the pool sometimes I hate it and I'm into this you know Mr Banks Dean I'm into this intense swimming training if you don't think I'm training I want to invite you to come up after church and you can give me a punch right there it's firm isn't it Lizzie hey that's firm isn't it She loves it. She she won't admit it here, but she loves it. Don't you worry. God's exercising your faith. And it's a beautiful thing when God exercises your faith. You think he's ignoring you. You're not getting the answers you want. Hallelujah, God's exercising your faith. And he's exercising your faith so he can do bigger and more powerful and wonderful things in your life. What an answer she gets. I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, sheep, the people of Israel. She's responding, but she came and she worshipped him. Don't you love that? Things are going bad. Worship God. Worship him anyway. I remember in my darkest days, 
I went out onto my front lawn. I was depressed. I mean, I'm talking serious depression. I was at the doctor. They had me on stuff to try and bring me out. I was in counselling. I was in. I remember looking up at the sky and saying, Lord, just take my life. I've had it. You ever been there? Not nice. But I also remember saying, Lord, I can't feel you. This is a dark time for me. I can't feel you. I can't sense you. I can't see you. Are you there? And I said, Lord, even so, even if you slay me, I will hold on to you, my faith in you anyway. And I held on. And God's asking you today, if you're in a dry place, if you're in the desert, to hold on. He's strengthening you. You're exercising for big times that are ahead of us. Hold on. He's there. He's in the scene. He's in your life. Hold on. Trust him. Have faith. But she came and worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Verse 26. Jesus responded. It isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. Whew, this, 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 just, this is not going well for this woman. Jesus says, it's not right for me to help you. I've got Israel to help. Why would I help you? Oh. The heart of Jesus melted at her answer. She replied, that's true, Lord. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. She's acknowledging her state and she's acknowledging the master and she's holding on to him in faith no matter what what happens, no matter what even God says, she's hanging on to him in faith. And this story is there as an object lesson for God's last time people. This woman turned up, make no mistake, She turned up expecting an answer to her request through faith. And I want to talk to you from my heart for a moment. You should turn up to God expecting the answers for your life, expecting them in, what's the word? Faith. You wait. You be patient. You trust God. And never lose, no matter what happens to you, no matter how you feel God's treating you, how people are treating you, no matter what your situation is, you hang on in faith. God is there and he will reveal himself in his time to serve his purpose. I love the way she came expecting an answer. There's a story told by a lady called Edna Butterfield. Her husband, Ron, he used to teach mentally challenged, impaired children. I could imagine that would be a beautiful job. I'd even thought about doing that myself when I was young. And he would look at his students' capabilities rather than their limitations. And and these young people who face these mental challenges, the way they're born often, have tremendous capabilities. He got them to play chess, restore furniture, And repair, he taught them how to repair electrical appliances. And most importantly, he taught them to have faith in themselves. A young boy by the name of Bobby proved how how well he'd learned the lesson. 
One day he brought a broken toaster to the workshop to repair. He carried the toaster tucked under one arm and half a loaf of bread tucked under the other (laughs) because he had faith that he'd been taught to repair the toaster and that was what he was going to do and then he was going to eat. Now the story doesn't work perfectly but I think we need to turn up to the Lord with our toaster and a half a loaf of bread under our arm and we need to believe, have faith, he will do great things. I want to go back to New Hope and then I want to close. When we started this church that you're a part of, we had Liska and Daniel and Emmanuel, Hannah, Danae, me, our family, six. We had Andrew and Jackie. We had Claire and Jason. Were there any others initially? Ten. Whoa, yeah, whoa, how can I forget you, my beautiful friend? <laughs> Wally, faithful Wally. I really want to thank you every Sabbath. Yes, he's, he's reminding me he's the only one who's been here every Sabbath. Since. Thank you, Wallace. <laughs> Eleven of us. Now, this is before we'd met, before we'd had a Sabbath. Um, Andrew works full-time for the ministry. Uh, we have... A model here, it's a television model. We can't do it without Andrew. We're the skinniest, no, not Andrew's not the skinniest, nor am I, but the ministry is the skinniest mi- television ministry in the world, amen? We had him on a full-time wage. We had Claire on a volunteer wage, which is not a whole lot, is it, Claire? But you're worried, you're married to a rich dude, you're all right. <laughs> You're going to kill me later for that, aren't you, Jase? <laughs> there are a lot of weaknesses between this motley crew. There are a lot of weaknesses. Amen, Andrew? A lot of weaknesses. But the one thing we did is we had faith. Do you hear me? We went and hired that hall over there. It costs us $800 a week. I think the conference was looking at us, and we know they were, weren't they? Shaking their head, thinking, what are you guys doing? Not only does the the venue cost us $800, this one actually costs us $1,100. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, amen. (laughs) Who cares? We had to cover Andrew's wage and Claire's volunteer wage. We had to cover all the running costs. You know the stories. We had no equipment, nothing. But through faith, we are and you are a part of watching God build a church. Hallelujah. And if ever there could be, should be, must be a community of faith in Sydney, it's got to be new hope because we've come from nothing. And we haven't come here through, through beautiful music, as beautiful the music is. We haven't come here through preaching. We've come here through faith in Jesus Christ who is our leader. And the story finishes beautifully. I'll go back and read verse 26, 27, so you just get the feel as we finish this. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. 
She replied, that's true, Lord, but even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath the table. Dear woman, you can, Jesus has melted at this. He's loving it. Dear woman, Jesus said to her, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Amen? That's faith. Um, this is it. Why didn't she give up? Think about it as we close. Why didn't she give up? But what was it that fueled her faith? Love? Can I put it to you that the thing that fueled her faith was who she was looking at? And who was she looking at? Jesus. She saw into his eyes. She saw the expression on his face. I'm not even sure she was hearing his words all that much because she was looking at Jesus. And she saw something in Jesus that no matter what the opposition, she was just going to keep going to him, going to him, going to him until he gave her the answer she needed through faith. So here we are at the end of time. Going to go through the worst time of trouble the world has ever seen. How do we get through it? By faith. How do we get faith? But I can't see Jesus physically like she did. I can't look into his eyes. I can't see the way he treated... Or can I? Romans ten seventeen. last text. Love it. So then what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If your faith is down today, if you are a person of no faith, if you know you've got no faith, go to the Bible. Because there you will see Jesus. You will look into his eyes. You will hear his words. You will see the way he treats people. You will see how lives that Jesus is in. You will see how they unfold. You will see their victories. And that's what will build your faith. Do you get that? That's what is going to bring a revival. That's what's going to finish the work when we get into our Bibles as a people and we look at Jesus. And the more you look at Jesus, the more stronger your faith is and you will let him exercise you, exercise you and exercise you until you are ready through faith to walk with him through the end of time. May that be your experience. Amen. Amen. 